Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Tina Muir. Hello, this is Tina Muir. Thank you again for joining me today for the newest episode of the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. So today I wanted to talk about something a little different. You know, often now we hear about how good strength training is for us. Or maybe I just notice it a bit more now because I do it. And, you know, the things that you seem to pay attention to, they seem to be everywhere. But really, it's just that your eyes are open to it. Well, maybe that's it. But it seems like there's more of it around. Either way, you may have been thinking about giving strength training a try. And I'm not talking about dumbbells and, you know, doing clams and things. I'm talking about, you know, real in the gym weightlifting. But this interview may push you over the edge to give it a go. And I really would encourage it. I mean, I've talked a lot about how it's helped me and I really think it could help you too. My guest today is so full of energy and she'll shock you with all the accomplishments she's achieved. It's it's amazing. But the thing I loved about her was how fearlessly she keeps approaching her life, how she keeps challenging herself. And I think that's really going to inspire you. So who is my guest today? Her name is Megan Kenahan. She is an NASM, USATF, RRCA, Cycling, American Sports Education, Spinning, Les Mills, Body Pump, BOSU, Certified Coach. Wow, (laughs) that's a lot of different interests right there, but it's, I mean, impressive. She owns six Illinois State powerlifting records, but is also a runner and has PRs of 255, 121, 38 minutes in the 10K and 18 minutes in the 5K. She's also won every ultra race she's ever raced except one. And she's won multiple half Ironmans, has qualified for the 70.3 championships multiple times. Talk about an impressive resume. So today, Megan and I are going to talk about why you do not need to be afraid of strength training and how it might actually be just what you need to prevent future injuries. However, on the other end of the spectrum, we know injuries do happen. And we're going to talk about why being injured might actually lead to a new discovery of a strength you never knew you had. And finally, we're going to kind of talk about how to eat right to give your body the best chance to perform without going overboard to where you obsess about it. So I'm ready to meet Megan. Are you? Welcome to the Run to the Top podcast, Megan. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on and uh, lots of things I wanted to kind of talk to you about, um, especially with a resume, I guess if you want to call it that, as impressive as yours. Um, So I just kind of wanted to, you have so many things to your name, you know, different events, different sports, but, you know, what motivated you to begin trying all these different things? Uh, I think I was always an athlete uh, growing up. I pretty much did every sport there was. I mean, in junior high, the principal came to my, I'm an identical twin, first of all. So when I say we, I often will say we not realizing it, but uh, so in like junior high, we were in, my sister and I were in every single sport and the principal came to my parents and said, you know, a lot of the parents are complaining that uh, Megan and Lauren get get to be on all the teams and their kids don't. So we're going to have to ask you to have them pick only three things to be on. So (laughs) I pretty much like to do a variety of things uh, all the way from the beginning. (laughs) And is your sister the same way even now? Yes. we. Well, oh, okay. now she's married and pregnant with her second. So we're a little bit different now. She's not training as much, but we were up to that point. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And what kind of can we, um, people listening right now, what can we 
what can you tell them to make them think that you're not this, you know, superhuman who, before we get into things, the superhuman who can do everything? No, no, no. Actually, it was just, even though I did all those sports, I was, we were, and I was never the best on the team. So like I played, uh, you know, softball, basketball, volleyball, but I was never like the number one person. So I think that kind of helped me in the fact that I didn't have to focus on just one thing. Whereas if I was like this amazing, you know, tennis player, then all of a sudden that would be my sole focus. So I never really focused on anything because I was just sort of like above average in most things, but not not number one. <laughs> so, Okay, so that's kind of where I was going to, you know, go next was, um, you know, most people tend to pick a sport and they kind of stick into it, especially, you know, when you get older. But, um, you know, what make, what gave you the motivation to keep switching as an adult? I think I just, I, honestly, I think it's something to do with, I, I must have like this ADD personality or something because <laughs> even with, even besides sports, I switched college majors five times. I switched colleges three times. Um, so I think it's more like I can't make up my mind. And since I'm kind <laughs> of above average at a bunch of different things that I can kind of get away with that. So okay. uh, I was always just getting kind of burnt out of different sports and different things and you'll see even like after high school and after college when I started running and doing things like I'd get you know I started out running like 10ks and half and marathon um, and then getting close to the Olympic qualifying time for the marathon uh, and then I got like within as soon as I ran that best time I kind of got burned out of it and injured and then so then I took up triathlon and then I two years after that I was like this is not so great so I'm cycling and I'm powerlifting so it just keeps I don't know just mix it up okay so you're actually going the opposite way I thought you were originally doing powerlifting and uh, lifting and now you, and then you kind of transitioned running is the newest thing but you're yeah. saying it's the well it's, it's it's kind of come full circle ish because it's um so I started running like up to a marathon distance then I got injured um, trying to be a rock star marathoner because I'm like, oh, I'm so close to the Olympic trials. I better train like the pros, you know, like a lot of people tend to do sometimes. And I took it a little too far and got injured. So then that's when I took up cycling and swimming, you know, while you're injured. Those are the kind of cross training things Mm -hmm. you have to do. Um, And since I'm a personal trainer, I've always had kind of the strength background, like strength training, but never uh, like hardcore powerlifting. So while I was doing those cross training things, I was like, well, I did all this cross training. I know I can run, so why don't I do triathlon? So then that's when I got into half Ironman, Ironman distance. But uh, as I think I've heard you talk about before, I just can't stand the pool. And so it was just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. So um, at that point, that's when I really was enjoying the – I still enjoyed biking and running, and I really enjoyed strength training. So that's when I kind of took up um, the powerlifting stuff and then uh, got back and, you know, still enjoying running, I got back into running. I was like, maybe I'll just try a different form of running, which would be ultra running. So that's uh, kind of gotten back. And now I'm like back into ultra running. So. Wow. Yeah. And have you, would you say you've kind of taken something from each one? Like, oh, as you, for sure. you like learn lessons in each sport and kind of bring it to the next one. Yeah. And that's the thing that I love about like doing any of the cross training things is like, I can always go back to um, any of those you know, like, so I've learned all the skills that I need to, if I do ever get in the pool, that I can, I can swim, I'm not doggy paddling. And then, like, I do own, now own a road bike. So, um, you know, for example, in recovery after either a powerlifting meet or um, uh, one of my ultra marathons, uh, you know, the first, you can't, when you run 55 miles the next day, two days, three days, four days, it's not a good idea to run. So I can 
kind of lean on those other things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, that's good. And uh, can you give us a favor or does it really depend on what? It, I like definitely going strength training for sure. Like, really? um, okay. And I, it, it, within strength training, my favorite thing right now is to do to be doing kettlebells, anything with kettlebells, okay. like drills and that kind of thing. So. Oh, cool. And then do you have any uh, thoughts on which was your toughest, like which one you struggled with or like you could say, you know, we always as runners, um, and you know, you've kind of gone through, but we always say, oh, well, our sports, you know, your sports punishment. So we're the tough ones. But right, what, right. what are your thoughts as you've been trying out different ones? Um, I would actually say, let's, I would, I, I think the training for Ironman is the toughest only because it's so time consuming and it's not like even training for ultra runs. Like even if I'm going to go run 30 miles or something like that, it's still just grab your shoes and your clothes and walk out. If you're, when you're training for Ironman, it's like, well, you've got to be, bring your swimsuit to go to the pool and then you have to have your bike ready. And that, and it's the most expensive one too. So it's, and trying to get all three disciplines in within one week is just, uh, oh, it's just annoying. And so <laughs> <laughs> that, that one training wise, I would say that's the hardest racing wise. I would say definitely your half marathon, marathon, 10 K like, you know, you, we all marathoners, we all know we hate the 5k, you know, like I'd rather mm-hmm. run a marathon than I'd rather do a 5k cause it just hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm actually going to right now. Yeah. Pain yeah. rise and racing is definitely, uh, would be the 5k <laughs> distances. Huh. Interesting to know. Um, and then what about, you mentioned about, you know, trying to get it all in, uh, how do you not burn out or overtrain yourself if you're, you know, doing all those different things? Well, when I did Ironman training, um, I did like, that's basically why I turned to turn back, turn into powerlifting and kind of like cross training after, because I did get burned out. Like it took two years, but I definitely just got where I would wake up and just dread the workout and be like in tears in the pool. Like, I don't want to be here. And when you're in that, that's the thing I think of with overtraining is it's like, you'll have these days where all of a sudden like you have this great workout and you're like, Oh, I'm not overtrained, you know? And I, I just need to keep pushing harder. And then, but if you kind of add up the amount of bad days and your mental state in those, and I try to tell my clients this all the time, like, even if they're not training for Ironman, if they're just training for a 5k or something. It's like those days when you, if you wake up like three days in a row and you are just dreading that workout, then that's an indicator to you. Something's wrong. And it doesn't necessarily mean overtraining. It could be you're not sleeping, your nutrition's wrong. But uh, like with me, I've always had my nutrition and sleep dialed in. So I knew that I was in that overtrained state. And I even went to the point of getting all the tests done and had shot adrenals, had killed my thyroid, all those things. So I think it's something to be very careful about. Are there any other symptoms, any other indicators that kind of people can look out for that they, if they're training right now? Yeah. Um, so that, uh, the motivation thing is a key one. Um, I actually got real, would get real puffy and swollen around my eyes. Um, and that's a big indicator of like thyroid problems that, you know, you're starting to tank your thyroid or adrenals. Um, the other thing was, irritability, like just snapping at everything, like every little thing like bothered me, like, oh, or or like schedule change. So, you know, if I went to the pool and the pool was being cleaned or something like that, and, or I couldn't, or someone needed me to do something or job, like a personal training client, like cancel on me, it would be like, oh my gosh, like, and you kind of freak out about things. So it's a real like emotional 
you're on this real emotional state that I think is a big indicator. And you try as athletes, a lot of us just try to fight it like, oh, this is just natural. Like I'm I'm supposed to have all these aches and pains and I'm supposed to, you know, go through these down times. I got to push through it. That's what makes me mentally stronger. But really, it's like you're just bringing yourself into a deep, deep hole. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just kind of imagining that all makes sense. But I'm just kind of imagining if you uh um, you know, if you were injured and you were cross training and you were doing all these things, how would you not confuse those things you just mentioned with uh, just, you know, being a bit bummed out because you're injured? Right. Um, well, I think that the differentiation is more like if you're always, especially when injured and going through it, like, because a lot of people do this too, is like they get injured and then they try to do whatever that cross training thing is to make up for the running when really they mm -hmm. just need to rest. Um, yeah. And I went through that too, because immediately when I got the running injury going, like when I thought I was going to make the Olympic trials for the marathon, uh, I started doing century bike rides because, you know, heaven forbid, just going for like a 25 mile bike ride, that's not, not, <laughs> not enough. And I think, I knew that, like I knew that I was overdoing it and that, but like you can see that your injury is taking longer to heal. You're getting sick. Like those are all big indicators that, you know, your body's still trying to fight this injury and then you're sitting here working out on top of it. And guess what? All the calories that need to go to fighting that injury and repairing it are going to the muscles that you're working, you know, overdoing it that way. So you'll notice that your injury is not healing. You know, sometimes they say like stress fractures, they take 68 weeks. Well, if your stress fracture always takes eight to 10 weeks to heal, maybe you're overdoing it on the elliptical, you know? Okay. Yeah. So. Good to know. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm just thinking about the, the different training methods that you've mentioned. And, you know, you've, you've said that you've always kind of been very interested in trying new things and you seem very driven, but do you think that's something that people are either born driven or they're not, or do you think, or do you have any recommendation for runners who are thinking, well, maybe I want to try something new? I don't think it's necessarily born driven or not. I think a lot of people, the reason that they just run and don't do anything else is more fear because they know running. So they know, okay, this is going to get me my, well, for people that are like losing weight, this is going to get me my 300 calorie burn because I ran whatever, this amount of miles, or uh, I know my how my body responds. So then trying something new, like, like going to a kettlebell class or trying going into the weight room, it's intimidating, you know, because they see these people that, the guys that are walking with their, you know, torn <laughs> off t-shirts, like raw bicep curling in the mirror. And they're like, that's not me. If they just give it a try, you find out that it's one, really helpful to your running. And two, it's enjoyable for you. It's the same like, I'm going to do the same five mile loop every single day and maybe a long run on the weekend. And it, you know, a lot of people who don't like lift at all, they'll find that they're getting faster without even, you know, they're not doing speed work, but they're getting faster because they're activating other muscles that they've never used before. Um, and then also the, I mean, just the injury prevention part of it is just huge. And mm -hmm. I know like every day runner's world comes out with an article that's like six best strength exercises to get you, you know, injury free. <laughs> and they're always the same one. They're always like clams and side leg lifts, like all this like kind of basic body weight stuff that you should be able to do anyways. And you kind of do every day, like, you know, you're bending, squatting down to pick up your kid. You're bending, doing a deadlift to pick up your groceries. I think that I would recommend to runners to really actually try to lift something heavy, like go in and actually use weights and not just your body weight. Now, if you're coming off the couch 
yes, body weight's going to be fine. If you have, you know, tons of weight to lose, yeah, body weight's going to be fine because you have that body weight. But if you've been running for a while and you've done a few marathons, you're strong enough that you can start to get into the weight room and do some things and not sit on machines. I don't want you sitting on the leg press, okay, because that's just putting your body in this set position and you're using that one muscle. Whereas if you're doing a squat with a barbell on your back, you're activating your core, your back, your shoulders, all different muscles in your legs. And that's exactly what you do when you run, right? You're, when you're running, you're not just using your legs. You have to pump your arms. You have to activate your core. You have to keep a stable hip. So you want to mimic that when you go into the weight room um, or any other form of exercise and you know, try to use your whole body. Yeah, no, I, I love that, actually. And it, it's, it's funny to me while you were talking just there, I was thinking, I, I agree with everything, but a year ago, would I have thought the same thing? Because I actually have only started doing the heavy lifting strength training in the last six to eight months. Yeah, after before that analysis that, you had, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And before that, I was doing, you know, I was doing the dumbbells and I was doing the clowns and all those kinds of right. things. And when they first told me, you know, you're going to have to do, you know, glute bridges with a hunt with your more than your body weight, 170 pound weight, or, you know, when yeah. he told me I had to push the sled with right, the right. weight on it, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not doing that. Like I'm a runner, but you know, now I do it. And to anyone listening, I know it sounds scary, but it, I mean, I, like you said, I am seeing such huge differences and even in areas I wouldn't have expected, like not only do I feel stronger in my body and I look different, but I see my stride is more powerful, especially from that sled running. Like you get the spring. Yeah, exactly. So anyone listening, I know it's scary to start and trust me a year ago, I would have been doing the same thing, but you know, what Megan's saying here, it, it does make sense. Well, I think that the other thing is, um, and I would, I think I would have been the same way had I not been a personal trainer and always been exposed to strength and seen mm-hmm. what it does. But like, I've seen all, uh, so many of my running clients where I literally spent, you know, like they're paying me big bucks to come up with these strength plans for them as part of their running plan. And then they don't do it. And then, you know, they'll, they'll get some kind of nagging little like injury or not be getting as fast as they want, as quick as they want. And I'm like, please just, I mean, just three weeks. I give me three weeks, do the plan, you know, that I give you two times a week and you will. And then as soon as they do it, it's just like, Oh, and I'm like, I just want to be like, I told you so, (laughs) but I don't, I don't, I'm just like, (laughs) see, that's great. Keep it up, you know, but it's so, it's just so important. And, such and I'm sure you have fun doing it. Don't you like mixing it up sometimes? It's like not every day waking up and being like, okay, I gotta run, gotta run. Gotta, it's like something different, and your body gets to feel different. You all of a sudden you're like, whoa, my glutes are on fire, and I yeah. never knew they could feel that way. Yeah, no, I do enjoy it, and it is it is funny though. I'm in a constant battle with my um, strength coach because you know uh, this is something I wanted you to explain that when I'm doing the reps with him, I'll go from, I'll try and go from one to the next to the next. And he's like, Nope, we're going to take a minute now and rest. And yeah. Like, oh, what do yeah. you mean rest? I, I'm a runner. I keep going. Like I just right. get things done. Well, but it, can you kind of explain the importance of taking those rest between sets and reps? So there's different kinds of strength training. Basically there's strength endurance where you're doing the higher reps, like, like let's say 15 to 20 and you are doing one after another. Again, you're not doing it with the purple and pink dumbbells at the gym. I mean, we are talking three pound weights, bicep curls. I'm talking like heavier weight, but like still that you can do high, higher. And that's more, that's like muscular endurance. Then 
the rests between, that's kind of what I did in powerlifting and what you do when you're trying to, you know, build a little bit more muscle. Um, so that's like when you're in like that four to six rep range and then you're between sets, you just take a break because what you're trying to do when you're at those, the heavier weight and lower rep scheme is you're trying to activate more muscle. So the body tries to be the biggest wimp in the world and activate the least amount of muscle, you know, cause it's conserving energy all the time. Um, so what you're trying to do is you're trying to push it past. So let's say you're doing a squat and you activated your quads and your hamstrings and your glutes. Well, the more weight you add and the lower reps you do, then all of a sudden all those muscles are firing and they're like, we need more help than this. So then you're going to activate muscles on the side of your hips, your glute medius, like this, and your calves are going to get into it and your core is really going to activate. So if you're activate, the more muscles you're activating like that, then the more rest you need to let those recover before you go and try to do another four reps or they're just going to, your form is going to collapse or a tissue is going to get strained or a muscle is going to get strained because they're not ready to activate again. Okay, great. No, that's good advice. Okay. And now I kind of want to dive into um, the, what I'm sure a lot of the women are thinking, I'm sure you've heard this before, you know, people saying, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get too big. I don't want to get too muscly. I'm going to, you know, what do you want to say to women out there or men who don't, who say they don't want to get too big? Yeah. First of all, women, I want you to try. I I honestly, if you can send me a picture of yourself, you can start weightlifting twice a week and you actually get bulky. I would be impressed. Women just don't have the testosterone that men do to get bulky. I, I teach, um, I also teach weightlifting classes for women and I always get women come in and they're like, I think my thighs are going to get bigger if I do these squats. So I'm just going to sit out on them. I'm like, seriously, you can't, you just don't. The, and the other thing with building muscle, like when you, I think what people get confused is they'll see muscle and fitness magazine or oxygen or whatever at the grocery store. And they're like, ew, I don't want to look like that. Those girls with the veins popping out one that's Photoshopped Two, they have to eat like a crazy person to get that muscle. And then what they do is they suck all the, they, they go to, through this cut and they'll, for one day, they won't drink any water, take in any salt or anything so that the skin like attaches basically to their muscles and makes them look that huge. And another thing is every single woman that you, or sorry, I shouldn't say every single woman, a lot of those women are taking extra things like testosterone and growth hormone to get that big because it's just not natural. That's why you don't see the majority of women out there, even at the gym that are that big. Um, For men, they, yeah, they have the ability to build muscle a little bit more, but I'm asking runners to lift like two times a week, three times max. The people who get that kind of muscle are literally in the gym six days a week, two times a day. And then they have their nutrition dialed in like crazy and are probably eating 5,000 to 7,000 calories a day because to build muscle, you need that protein. You need those calories. So it's, it's, it's pretty much impossible to get bulky. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. you just can't like just, I mean, especially runners, because uh, a lot of runners you see uh, are the narrower, you know, like you, the, what you see, the can, the people up in front, they're like that. That's the build that kind of brings people to running, running. So mm-hmm. for you to bulk up, you're not, you're just not built that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's good. I think that cleared that up well. And let's kind of talk about, you said you mentioned nutrition quite a lot in there. Oh yeah. Um, so 
you know, for the if a if a runner was going to try out strength training, um, how would that change their nutrition? Like, should they add in some more protein? And what about you in general? Yeah. Like, how how's your nutrition plan? That like, you said you have it dialed in, but what does that? Oh, mean? so yeah. Um, so in general, I do recommend that if, if you are going to add, if if you're doing strength training, to have a little bit extra protein that day, or like, you know, in the the whole thing, they're science is debunking the the window where you have to have you know equal carb to protein ratio at like 30 minutes after your exercise or whatever so i just recommend like within two hours after you lift to just have that uh four to one ratio of protein to carbs and maybe add a little bit of protein at your dinner just only because not because you're trying to build muscle but I mean, you are trying to build muscle, but not to, to get too bulky and huge like the muscle and fitness people, but because when you are weightlifting, you are tearing, you know, making little micro tears in your muscle. And the way you get stronger is that your body repairs those. And the way your body repairs those is majority with protein. So mm -hmm. that's why I say, you know, add a little bit of protein. As for my nutrition, um, I'm kind of, uh, let's see, what would I call myself? Basically, I would say like a whole foods diet kind of person like I have uh celiac so I don't do gluten but uh I'm not like hardcore paleo where it's like I can't do dairy and I can't do I just see what works for my body and with my clients I'm always like it's an n equals one like n equals one does not mean that because you can eat Doritos and you don't get a headache go ahead and eat Doritos all day <laughs> it's more like you know try if, if you have trouble with dairy then you know don't eat dairy I do okay with dairy but like i'm not sitting here drinking milk all day i more try to do like coconut milk or um i'll, I'll eat cottage cheese and stuff but i try to buy like organic and then i pro i mean i'm i have nothing against fish chicken beef but like if i'm gonna eat meat i'm gonna get grass-fed beef if i'm gonna eat eggs i get pasture-raised organic eggs because that's where i mean that's all the nutrients in, and i i eat all kinds of fat. I know a lot of women are like deathly afraid of fat. And I swear I go through a stick of Kerrygold butter probably every three days because it's so delicious. I could probably just eat it straight. Like, and <laughs> I know a, a lot of my clients are like, you want me to what? You want me to get full fat yogurt? And I'm like, yeah, that's where the nutrients are. And when it gets all processed and pasteurized and sugar added, then you're just making it, turning it into this horrible yogurt. Go get Greek full fat, you know, plain yogurt. And if you want to sweeten it, sweeten it with some raw honey. Don't be adding like syrups and that kind of thing. So uh, for most of my clients and most people in general, I just, just go whole foods. You can eat as much, you know, like just try to make yourself, uh, you know, eat. People are always like, I'm still hungry. I'm like, okay, go steam as much broccoli as you want and salad and that kind of thing. And, you know, make yourself full on that and then talk to me about being hungry. You know, you don't need the cupcake because you're hungry. <laughs> do you, do you still allow yourself some treats? Oh, yeah. from, oh gosh. Yeah. What is your weakness? Just that curious. Mine is TCBY mm -hmm. white chocolate mousse frozen yogurt. And so it's, sweet. I know, I know that it's like people are like, Oh, well it's frozen yogurt, whatever. It's like, I, I'm not, I've never been, but the thing is I uh, grew up by, my parents, always ate real plain because my dad has stomach like acid issues, whatever. So I'm a real like bland eater and I never really liked ice cream and I never really liked cake growing up. And I was the only kid in a second grade that wouldn't go to McDonald's and wouldn't eat chocolate because I don't like chocolate. But my huge thing is like every birthday would be white chocolate mousse, TCBY. That's like my favorite thing. And again, it's like, I'm not 
you know, I deal with a lot of personal training clients that are trying to lose weight and then runners that are trying to do both. And they'll be, you know, I, I never say don't have a piece of birthday cake with your kid. I'm like, that's not even live, like live life. You know, mm-hmm. if an opportunity comes up and you're going out to dinner with friends and someone gets a piece of cheesecake, don't be like, no, sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm going to live in my house and just eat my perfect foods. It's, it's that's unless that is every single night. Like if you're going out with your friends every single night and every single night they're getting dessert, then maybe, yeah, you need to tone it back a little bit. But like, I know big throw around word these days is the orthorexia, like just being so consumed with healthy foods. And I'm like, that's a, that's just a bad way to live. (laughs) I mean, that's not Mm -hmm. no. So, okay, good. I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause yeah, I think that I I wanted to kind of clarify that, you know, we're not, we're not saying here, never, never have anything. Like you said, if it's, you know, if you're going out with friends, then, you know, that's okay if, to have. If I went to Italy or somewhere, I, I'm going to eat pasta and I'm going to have friends <laughs> and I don't care what happens with the celiac disease thing. I mean, it's I don't have it so severe where I'd be like, you know, ter- I just probably get a headache or something like that. But like yeah. if I'm the one time in, in I'm in Florence, Italy, am I going to stand my headache? Yeah. <laughs> if you have it so bad that you'll be like sent to the hospital, don't do that. You, But yeah. you know yourself. Common sense. Yeah. So what then what is your um, pre-race uh, when you were doing marathons? What was your pre-race meal if it wasn't the typical pasta? <laughs> uh, my pre-race meal is I do two eggs, two egg, and I still eat this today. I'm pretty, I love this. Two eggs omelet with uh, chicken sausage in it and tons of vegetables. Like basically the omelet looks green, but it's eggs. <laughs> so you would eat that the day before a race or the day of a race? Oh, are you talking more? more this is race morning. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And yeah, what about like carb loading or like how did you? Well, and then you... for carbs, part of that is that I do sweet potato. So I bake sweet potatoes and sort of like chips on it. Like I'll cut them up and then I'll bake them with some pumpkin pie spice on them. And then I put Kerrygold butter, almond butter. Like I kind of like, you know, take the sweet potato and I'll swipe it with some butter, swipe it with some almond butter, swipe it with some coconut oil. And that's my morning of, and then a cup of coffee. And then the night before, most of my races I do I usually do like some kind of fish or something um veggies and then I'll do like a quinoa mixture okay um like you know quinoa and like some mung beans and lentils or something like that and that'll be the carb part but I really don't do the the necessarily carb loading I just kind of try to stay with what I have been eating and maybe I'll add a few extra sweet potatoes during the day or something like Mm -hmm. that but it's not like this hardcore spaghetti and pasta okay good yeah um i love to hear that you said you like the sweet potato and almond butter because that is my favorite oh my gosh it's together so good. i could eat yeah. that all day long i eat it for snacks too like i oh, i'll yeah. have that for morning and then like afternoon snack i'm like eh, almond butter sweet potato it's my go-to yeah. It's good. It's good if anyone wants to try it out there. Um, Okay, so then have you ever had, uh, you don't have to share if you don't want to, but have you ever had experience where someone has made a negative remark about, you know, your appearance or like how you overcame that for someone who, you know, maybe listening and kind of doesn't feel that confident about themselves? Yeah, I've actually had um, people like that. Well, nobody, nobody's ballsy enough to come up and say it to my to me but like when I was teaching when I was doing more fitness classes and actually teaching weightlifting classes um the uh, I had like two older women actually go up to the the gym manager and say you know like uh well we were gonna do Megan's class but we don't want to end up like looking that strong like you know because I kind of have like the ripple in my arm and you can see you know if I flex my quads you can see the quad muscles and that kind of thing um and it comes back to that whole 
bulk, like women bulking thing. And what they didn't understand and that I kind of had to explain to the gym manager who had to kind of explain to them is that they, they wouldn't get there because a, a, another big factor of like how you look and how uh, rippled your muscles are or whatever is body fat percentage. And I am naturally low and like my whole family is like, we're just naturally low in body fat. So I've always had that athletic build. And so you can see my muscle more, whereas they, these were like older women, they probably were like 20 pounds overweight. So they would never get that unless they sh like shredded a ton of fat, they would never, it would never show up like that. So I think that's the only kind of negative type comment I get. And sometimes my mom will even come up to me and be like, Megan, you need to be a little softer. God, you know, I'm not married yet or have a boyfriend. So any single guys out there, I'm available. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but she, Megan, you need to be a little, guys like soft. And I'm, <laughs> okay, mom, I'm an athlete. I'm never going to be soft. I have mom. So, you know, that's just something that I think that people kind of misunderstand um, mm -hmm. with the weights and lifting and things so no that makes sense and then do you think have you seen a change in the culture I mean I know we hear often now uh strong is the new skinny right, right. we hear like you know um I, I love saying uh be brave be strong be you that's like my favorite little thing I made up and yeah. do you see a difference in like have you seen a change uh over the last few years about you know this image that isn't so scary to be stronger now yeah i mean i think um one of the big and this is about another thing that i did surprise surprise was uh, i've done cross like how i got into powerlifting was doing crossfit and i think crossfit has really brought to light the like the strong woman like that that like wow look at what people can do and i think that it, it's gone a little bit overboard where you know where these images the fitspiration and the images of what yeah. strong is is these you know basically like the muscle and fitness mag, like unrealistic for most people. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think that it does put in perspective, like what women are capable of doing. So you see all of a sudden women are like, wait, I can do a pull up. Oh, you know, I can do this many push ups. Like when you see the CrossFit on ESPN games or that kind of thing. And even with myself, um, it, when I'm just training in the gym, people will look at me and because I'm so small, they'll, you know, they don't think I can do anything. And then all of a sudden I'm ripping off pull-ups and push-ups and th I'm lifting the same weight a guy would off the ground for a deadlift. And they're like, whoa, wait, women can, and it's like, well, women can do that. So I do like, I do like that they brought it to light that, that women, that, and it, it's sort of like that four minute mile, like, you know, you couldn't break the four minute mile until Roger Bannister did it. And then everybody can do it. So now it's like, Women shouldn't do push-ups and pull-ups and strength training, but then now that like CrossFit and a lot of people are bringing it to light that, that we can do it and look great and feel great, then it's like, oh, then everybody can do it. So mm -hmm. I think it's kind of this rollover effect that's just starting to build. I just am hoping that it doesn't get turned into something that's like sort of like the skinny model thing turned into, you know, where everyone's getting thin, 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 thin till we're so disgustingly thin, you know, like I don't want everyone to be like, Oh, I have to get so strong, 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 that they're starting to be obsessed with, you know, nutrition and or yeah. not obsessed with it, but like orthorexic or yeah. uh, always working like, Oh, I'm not only do I have to do my run, but now I have to strength train every day too. You know, that's not what I yeah. want. So, yeah. Yeah, no, and I think uh, just for anyone listening who hasn't heard of orthorexia, uh, we kind of 
uh, went over it briefly, but it's, yeah, just like an obsession with clean eating. Like you, you don't want to put, you know, anything in your mouth that is going to even, you know, have anything remotely, you know, sugary or something that's going to, you know, make you gain weight or make you not be as healthy. So that just for that. Yeah, Sorry, I should have explained that. I just oh no no you're fine. Lately, I've been dealing with a lot of clients. I I do I coach through an uh, coaching another besides my own personal coaching. I coach through an app that kind of holds people accountable um, called Coach.me, and uh, one of the things I coach is like the whole foods and the paleo diet on there. But I have been getting a lot of people that are like just oh way overboard, and I'm trying to kind of. Bur- bring them off the ladder so it's in my mind <laughs> or step so what them if off you, the <laughs> if someone's listening right now and they're thinking oh okay you know maybe I'm kind of getting a bit too obsessed with it do you have any advice to someone who maybe needs to kind of back off a little bit yeah I just I recommend um just to start off with uh like testing out new things like twice a week you know like if you're someone that would eat the same thing every day all day you know and and or you have I mean biggest thing is with especially like orthorexia or like, is that they're so afraid to go out to eat or go out with friends or that kind of thing. So I just say, Oh, once a week, go, just go, go somewhere, let the friend pick the restaurant and go and, you know, deal with it or good advice. So just something mm-hmm. like that. Just and then what, a, what about the other end of the spectrum? Like you were mentioning about, um, you know, the strength training, how, how does that help with a woman's confidence? Like if she can lift and you were saying, you know, it's great that, you know, that whole four minute mile comparison thing. But, yeah. Uh, how would you say it kind of help would help a woman's confidence if she sees she can do this kind of thing? Well, I think or, that, or a man, either or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, either one. I think that um, going in to a gym or even not even well, once you start lifting, but like it doing something in real life where you, you uh, OK, perfect little like random thing. But like, how about opening a jar? Like how many women have like their husbands open the jar for them? Well, what if all of a sudden like you're strong enough that you can do that? Or, you know, when you go to some store, like I'm talking like real life things, like you're going to store and you get all your groceries and they're like, do you need help out, miss? Well, what if you all of a sudden like, I don't need help out. I can carry all this without the cart. Boom. You know, it's just like things like that are just so small, but you can, you know, it, it, it will make you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. or uh, just it, anything that you do in everyday life that you used to have a hard time doing. Like, or all of a sudden taking the stairs at your office doesn't feel hard because you're used to doing step ups with some weights or, you know, bending down and picking up your 40 pound child. Whereas before you'd be like, oh, my God, I can't hold you for more than five minutes. I got to put you down. You're sitting there talking to your friend on the phone for 30 minutes with your child in your arm and don't even get winded because you're strong. Yeah. Okay. So it helps out with just life in general. Yeah. Okay. And then if someone did want to, you know, start this and they're okay, they're nodding their head like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to test it out. Would you say that you would have to go to a strength coach at first or is this something, are there exercises you would recommend starting with or how would you say they go about this? Um, Well, first I'd recommend starting with just like two times a week and starting obviously light with weights. Um, It depends on your confidence level. Like if you've ever played a high school sport and been through, like most high school sports do like one time a week in the strength training room and kind of learned the squat and the deadlift, um, bench and like some basic exercises like lunges and like what you do like the glute bridge um then I would say you're okay to kind of start on your own but in general it might be a good idea to just go you know you don't have to I know most people don't want to put up the money but one session with a personal trainer just to go over uh I would go over the squat the deadlift 
bench, um, lunging, glute, and this is for runners mainly, but the, the glute bridge for sure. Um, maybe like a lat pull down or a pull up just to make sure that you've got the form right. And then you yourself can build up, um, the weight. Yeah. But it's, it's always good. You know, it's like anything like you going to get, you, you've been running forever. You ran a two, what, 41 marathon. Uh, mm-hmm. and you went and got traveled across the country practically to get an analysis on your run form. Like anybody else would be like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. I ran a 241, but no, you know, you needed this to have someone look. So that's the same kind of thing with strength training. It's like, even if you know what you're doing, sometimes it's nice to have another set of eyes to take mm-hmm. a look. And there's a million YouTube videos that are given to give you step-by-step instructions, but unless you're, you know, someone else is watching you, you can't really know that you're doing it right. Or everyone's got a selfie stick these days, right? Set up your selfie stick, record yourself squatting and compare it to a video, you know, on YouTube and see that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I think that is something that I wouldn't have known otherwise about the form. Like a, it's you, you may think that you're doing it right and you may copy a video, but there's certain things that you do just naturally from your posture and the way you sit and the way you walk that you're not going to notice like I know for me I like stick my neck out yeah and so my coach is always grabbing like the muscles in my neck like relax it relax it yeah because to me I don't notice I'm doing that so like Megan's saying even if it's just one or two times just to kind of find out what your weak areas are that you need to pay attention to so. and you might not be um activating the correct muscles uh especially mm-hmm. like when you're squatting like a lot of people are quad uh, runners for sure are quad dominant so they'll use mostly quads and not get their glutes at all when mm-hmm. squats should be a glute dominant exercise you know mm-hmm. so it's really helpful to have someone be able to like kind of poke you in the right spots and be like are you are you activating this muscle yeah yeah no yeah. good advice and actually um i will also put a link to uh runners connect does have a strength training program which is very successful and i don't know if we've had anyone that hasn't liked it uh So you will be able to find that in the show notes at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC73. And also, Megan, your stuff for uh, anyone living near you. Where is it that you live exactly? I'm in Chicago. Chicago. So anywhere in the Chicago area, you can check Megan out. Yes. And I have uh, my my website, trainwithmegan.com. I'm sure you can link it up in the show notes. Yeah, I will link it as well. But I have YouTube videos demonstrating a lot of exercises too. So you can take a look at those. Or obviously contact me through their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see it through that too. Okay. And then one other thing I kind of wanted to ask about uh, before we, you know, wrap up here. But you've you've mentioned about how you tried different things, and um, how do you how did you kind of stop yourself from putting all this pressure on yourself to perform when you've been successful in other events? Did you find that you kind of you know, I know myself when I go to a yoga class, I get really frustrated because I'm not very good at it. Like, how did you stop yourself putting pressure on um, because you've been successful in other events? Um, I think that was the part part of the reason that I actually keep trying new things is because I don't have to put the pressure on myself. So, for example, like with a marathon, uh, I, I have the pressure automatically is because I know because I've done it before that I know what I'm capable of. So but once I find out what I'm capable of, then I tend to start to put pressure on. Um, so like once I did my first powerlifting meet, no pressure at all. I don't care what I lift like it was fine because I had never done it before. But then I did my second powerlifting meet and I was like, oh, geez, now I got to beat those numbers. But um, in recognizing that, that 
oh, look what you're doing. Like you're just, you're turning this into a bad thing. I kind mm-hmm. of stepped back and was like, I'll do what I, I'll do the best I can on the day. Okay. Same okay. thing with like when I just got into ultra running, like, so I, I've won three races or four ultras in a row. And all of a sudden it's like, well, now I'm going to show up, but it's the next ultra I have to win. But then I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to turn ultras into this horrible thing again, step back and just do the, I mean, you can't control the weather. You can't control the terrain. So you, how can you even compare to the other races? Just step back and have fun on the day or you're going to ruin it. <laughs> and I'm going to run out of things to do if I keep ruining them all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing with running. You know, eventually you stop PRing. So you yeah. have to kind of, you know, accept that and move on. And you're not always okay. going to win look every single race. Different. Look for something yeah. different to focus on. Okay. Whether it be like your age group win or, you know, if you're not going to win overall or you're not going to get your best time, maybe you get your best time in that course. Or maybe you, you know, help a friend out or, you know, just adding something different to it each time. Okay. Yeah. Good advice. And so what is next for you then? If you, uh, my next one is I have in October, the North face 50, um, okay. 50 miler up in Wisconsin. So we'll see. Okay. No and pressure then, to win this time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I will be watching you. And, um, do you have any other, uh, events or sports that are kind of a little seed in your mind right now or um, I mean there is there is a powerlifting meet that, that which would be my third one in December so if I you know it, and that's like a good time to kind of because you don't want to be running outside so training for powerlifting then is pretty good so I wouldn't mind I, I do have six Illinois straight records right now but I wouldn't mind making those a little higher and making it a little bit more difficult for people to break okay so always challenging yourself yes, I love that yeah Great, great. Okay, and then just one to finish off. I'm sure you've listened to the podcast before. Um, I have. It's great, so thank you. Thank you. Well, you're now on it. (laughs) um, What is your one word that you would like to become, accomplish, or achieve? I'm interested to hear this now. (laughs) Uh, My my one word, I I have two in mind, but I'm going to say one. Uh, I like just the word endure. I just got to endure, whether it be through running, through strength training, through not getting injured, through, you know, endure. Okay, great. Yep, really good advice. And uh, Megan, thank you so much for coming on today and giving your advice. And I think this has been probably an eye-opening episode for a lot of people. So thank you so much. Yeah, and anybody can reach out to me. I'm happy to help. So thank you for having me. I I will put your links on the show notes. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, I feel more confident about my strength training and hopefully she's given you the push you need to give it a go. Trust me, I was scared too before I started, but it it really does make a difference and she's right, you won't bulk up. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. I really appreciate it and I know you could spend your time in a multitude of different ways. So thank you so much. If you've been listening for a while, I'd love if you would click the subscribe button and make sure it comes directly to your phone every Wednesday. If you have any suggestions or guests you would like to hear from, just give me an email, tina at runnersconnect.net. I would love to hear from you, or also if you have any suggestions. Until next time, have a great week.